Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the uh, 12th day of December 2019. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the book of John, chapter 9, going to finish up the last part. Jesus had uh, healed the blind man on the Sabbath, stirred up the religious community. Uh, The blind man was, uh, with a a healed man, I should say, was interrogated by um, the Pharisees and all all the higher-ups of the temple. And uh, ended up, he uh, was cast out of the temple. It's probably the best thing ever happened to him, besides being healed, of course. Um, And now he's going to come in contact with the one that healed him. But before we get into that, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our healer, that you sent your word and you healed us. Lord, I thank you today that your word will forever stand, that you said that heaven and earth shall pass, but by no means will your word ever pass away. And you said you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're sovereign. That what you said in your word is going to come to pass. Every T will be crossed. Every I will be dotted. We just thank you for who you are. We give you honor. We give you praise. And we give you glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Beginning today with verse 35, John chapter 9. Verse 35, John chapter 9. The... Man that was once blind that now sees is going to uh, talk to the one that healed him. And it's just from verse from verse thirty five to forty one. Not not a not a very long broadcast today. But <clears throat> he spent hours, I guess. I don't know how long it took for for uh, to be questioned by the Pharisees. Uh, they were upset because they didn't rejoice because the blind man uh, received his sight, but they, re- uh, they they were upset because Jesus did it on their 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 Sabbath. What's his Sabbath? Their Sabbath, because the Bible says that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. So let's, so let's start there, verse verse thirty-five. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. This is Jesus heard that they had cast the healed man out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? As I said before, this is probably the best thing that ever happened, besides being healed, is he was separated from the hierarchy of the religious uh, community there. Um, there was no good in them. Okay, it's just uh, the bottom line is Jesus called them a generation of vipers. He called them... Uh, 
the sons of of who Satan, who was a liar and a murderer from way in the beginning. So now this probably eases, man. Because see, in those in that particular culture, if you got cast out of the temple, then you know uh, then that would sever every ties in the community and uh, maybe as far as making making a living or whatever it might have been, because you know, they controlled everything. Except for their own nation, they were under the bondage of the Romans. And he said, does thou believe on the Son of God? What a question. What a question. The Bible says that Jesus was speaking to his, his disciples and said, who do men say that I am? And they went on to say, some say you're this prophet or that prophet or you're Elijah or whoever it might be. But And he asked the question, who do you say that I am? Um, the importance of relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not knowing him through a religious community or uh, through a church and and. The church, the local church, is very, very important. It's part of the body of Christ. And Simon Peter spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord said, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but the Spirit of God has. Bible says, for God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then Jesus goes on to say, upon this rock, this foundation, I will build my church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, the body of Christ. The entirety, the oneness of the body of Christ. That every church on every corner that preaches the gospel and preaches Jesus crucified is part of the body. And those that that do not are not. Bottom line. We need to pray that God reveals himself and people will accept him for who he is. The church is about Jesus Christ. The Bible says he is the head of of the church, the chief cornerstone. So he goes on to say, "Does you do do you now believe on the Son of God?" So he, uh, this man, not knowing, he was, he, you know, he was questioned, "Who who healed you?" Well, this man called who Jesus, and the man knew there was something special about him, but he really never knew who he was. Now Jesus Christ is introducing himself to this former blind man as not just the man that healed him, but the Messiah, the son of the living God, the one that was promised in the scriptures, the one that John said and said his disciples said, I must know, is he the one? Are you the one or should we seek another? And I, the same question should be asked us today. Do you believe on the Son of God? 
Do you believe on the name of Jesus? Or do you just believe he's just one of many good men and one of many teachers and, 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 and compile him in a, a, a heap or include him and everything else and, um, you know, just sort it all out and just choose whichever God you want to serve? <clears throat> but the Bible states that we are to serve the Lord thy God only. Thou shalt have no other gods before you. So you cannot. You cannot drag Jesus into a perspective of religion. He's the son of the living God. Verse 36. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Now, he was very receptive. He was of a broken and a contrite spirit. He certainly was humble because here was a man that had been blind all of his life, but now he's walking around seeing. He never, ever had eyesight. He said, I once was blind, but now I see. It's rampant in today's society and in the world in which we live for people to walk around in spiritual blindness. And the only one that's going to wipe the scales from our eyes is Jesus Christ because he's the only truth that there is. For behold, the truth will what? Set us free. He said, who, who, who is he, Lord? <laughs> He calls Jesus Lord, that I might believe on him. And this comes from the what perspective that this man already has an idea that the one he's speaking to is the Messiah because of his very presence, his essence, his, his uh, anointing that, that, that flowed from him. Verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talks with thee. He's seen him the day that his eyes were opened. And now he's talking face to face with the Messiah, the healer, the deliverer mediator between God and man. In John 4, 24 through 26, God is his spirit, and they worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I speak unto thee, am he. I that speak unto thee, I am the Messiah. He says, I'm the son of the living God. To this man. The only one that can change lives. The only one that can open blinded eyes. Open deaf ears. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Is Jesus Christ. The Prince of Peace. The soon coming King. The one that sits by the Father's right hand. Making intercession for me and, and you. Even as I speak to you. The one who's touched with our infirmity, who chastised for our peace of mind, bruised for our iniquities. 
His name is Jesus. We call him Jesus. The world calls him a lot of things. But we call him Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Verse 38. And he said, Lord, I believe. Man, power, two words, powerful words. And he, what? Worshipped him. Worshipped him. How Mary Magdalene adored Jesus because the Bible says she had been forgiven much and and, and delivered from a, uh, a hard bondage. Seven devils, the Bible says. There are those today that will never deny his name because of what he did for them. Just the fact he saved our soul, put his hand upon our lives, he deserves all praise and all honor and all glory. And this man worshipped him. See, the Bible says there's coming a day, listen to me this morning, that when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. All those today that their agenda when their feet hit the floor in the morning is to get up and rail and accuse and and uh, blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ, of his uh, mere existence or his non-existence. But the Bible says those individuals there's coming a day when their knee will bow and their tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's coming. Very soon. Verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to the world, that they which see not might see. Because that's him. But he's, he's talking spiritually too. And that they which see might be made blind. Or those which reject. Every man has a choice today whether to receive Jesus Christ or whether to reject him. Whether they remain blinded spiritually or their eyes are open. Spiritually, the Bible says the only individual that God attends into is those of a broken and a contrite spirit. Unless you humble yourself before God, then you will not see the glory of God. You will not see this plan of salvation. Pride will never, never enter into the presence of God. The Bible says the pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. So he says there at the last part of that verse, that which they see might be made blind, or those that reject, those that reject are made blind. We go to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. The Spirit of God spoke to the prophet Isaiah and said, go and tell this people. Now he's talking about the rejectors. Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, and perceive not. Make the heart of the people fat and make the, their, their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see 
with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and, and, and convert and be healed. This is John, I'm sorry, this is Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. This is what's called a judicial blindness by choice of rejection. In Acts 28, they repeat the very, the very, the very same thing, saying, "Go to the people." Acts 28, verse 26. Go, this people say, "Hearing ye shall hear, and ye shall understand." This is Paul, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of the people is wax gross; their ears are dull of hearing; their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. And this is pointing towards the nation of Israel, who at the first advent of Jesus Christ, for the most part, rejected him. But there's coming a day when they will not reject him anymore, when they will see him as their true Messiah. And this is during the tribulation period. Verse 40. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, are we blind also? Yeah. Yeah. Did they see who he was? No. And what hindered it from seeing their religion? Uh, I'm, I must go back to that's the base of their problem. It's their pride, their religious pride, their stiff-neckedness. Lord said unto the prophet, I, I, send you un, I send you unto a stiff-necked people, a people that will not hear, people will not receive. Jeremiah preached for however long he preached and never got one convert. But he sounded the trumpet. He was the watchman. It's up to us to preach the gospel, up to people to receive it. We can't force them. It takes the Spirit of God to deal with their lives and prepare their hearts. Are we blind also? So so the Lord certainly addresses this. Verse 41. Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. So they were guilty of re- refusing the, the the true light that had come into the world. And they were left totally blind in spiritual sense. In the book of Revelation, I'll turn it real quick. Just bear with me one second. Jesus is addressing the seven churches at Asia Minor. And the very last church is the Laodicean church. I want to read to you what Jesus said under this particular church. Uh, Laodicean means people church. We would we would uh, call today user friendly. And unto the angel of the church, this is Revelation chapter three. Verse 14, 
Under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. This one says in verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, a perfect example of the modern day church, and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind, blind, blind and naked. They said, we have need of nothing. He said, yes, you do. Because you're wretched. Now, that word wretched is not good. Undone. Miserable, not good. Poor. Blind and naked or exposed. He's... uh, the Bible says in the days in which we are living that there will be a form of godliness that denies the power thereof from such things turn away. So he has some pegs, eh? And the Laodicean church is the type of the church that is in existence now at the end of what we call the church age. For they worship me or speak of me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. For they have a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. For in the last days, what will enter into the church is seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The love of many shall wax cold. Where the emphasis is totally put on the church building, their uh, ability to grow, quote-unquote. And God, the Bible says one plants, one waters, but God brings the increase. And the Holy Ghost should always be, has to be, the head of the church, the one that leads in God. Jesus is the head of the church. If he's not, then it's not the church. It's a building. It's a social club. It's where people meet. It's functional as a social practice. And Jesus goes on to say, in verse 18 of Revelation 3, I cancel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich. They said they were already rich. He says you're not. With with right raiment that thou mayest be clothed at the, the shame of of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eye with eye salve, that thou mayest see. They said they weren't blind. They said they didn't need nothing. He said, you certainly do. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, he's not talking to people he doesn't love, because he does. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. 
To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as, as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne at the right hand. He that hath the ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Perfect example of what's going on here. In Proverbs 26, verse 12, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? Listen, listen. There is no more hope of a fool than of him. See the danger of pride. Oh, and, 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 and all of us like that. All of us like pride. We think we're something. But the Bible says when a man thinks himself to be something, and the Word of God says we are nothing. There's no righteousness in us. The Bible says our righteousness is but filthy rags before the throne of God. We are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Once again, I point out the dangers of religion, of legalism, of men's rules and regulations. Men are not sovereign. God's sovereign. That's what God wants to do. He does. But he'll never move outside the lids of his word. What he says in his word, he will bring to pass. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word by no means will ever, ever pass away. So this man was severed from the church. They cast him out. They cast him out. They rejected him. And then as he left the temple, and we don't see where he said, oh, please keep me here, please. No. He knew that he had been in contact with one greater than the temple than all these religious zealots. He says, if you were blind, yet you should have no sin. If you were blinded to your pride. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. So they were rejecting him as the light, as the Messiah. And because of that rejection, they were judicially blinded. This man not only saw physically, this man was enlightened physically and spiritually. Let us see with our eyes, Lord. Let our 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 spirits be enhanced that we might know you. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Next broadcast, we'll be getting into a very a very good chapter talking about Jesus, the good shepherd. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, if there's an area in your life where you're blinded, you have a blind spot or you're blinded, the only one who can open your eyes spiritually is Jesus Christ and physically. He's still healing, still delivering. Most of all, he's still saving. He's still revealing himself, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revelation of who he is. Man, we, we need to know him, who he is. 
that he is the son of the living God. He's coming back. He's even the creator. All things were made by him and for him. All dominion and all power has been given unto him. The Bible declares that there's coming a day when he will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron for 1,000 years, and that there will be eternity after Satan's loosed again. This earth will be renovated. The seas will be no more. There's a change, a cataclysmic change coming to this earth. That's why the Bible says all creation travails up until this time, waiting for the change that is coming. There'll be no rest or peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace comes back and sets his foot on the Mount of Olives. The Bible says in these days which we're living, they will cry peace, peace, and sudden destruction will come upon them. The men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the face of this earth. Confess your sin. Confess with your mouth that you believe that God Almighty raised up Jesus Christ from, from the dead through the quickening spirit, the Holy Spirit. Repent. Make a conscious decision to return and go in the other direction and denounce all evil in your life and ask him to come into your heart and your life. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. It's a promise. But it must be with a broken and a contrite spirit. But we know no negotiation, no litigation. It's God's way and God's way. It's through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you'd touch every individual that's going to hear this broadcast today. You know exactly where they're at. You know exactly what they're going through. We ask you to save souls, heal bodies, break chains, deliver from addictions. Through the mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we lift you up today, Lord, that all men might be drawn unto you. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Make me to lie down in green pasture. Leave me beside the waters of rest.